Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. For this first Wednesday service, special guest Pastor Oscar Mumba came and spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Oscar Mumba. Man, this house is on fire. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been coming to the Crossing or to the U.S. for some time now, but what I have experienced tonight is something very powerful. It's like a sign of better days to come. God's still has a remnant that is hungry and ready to host him for these last days. And man, you have an anointed worship team. I couldn't sit in the worship because I was getting worked up, I was getting messed up, and I was almost forgetting why I was here. <laughs> And I kept on asking, so who's going to preach when we get up there? But praise God, he's a God of order. And I want to say thank you to my wonderful brother and father and partner and pastor, Pastor Greg Dumas. Why don't we give a big Jesus clap offering to him? Wow. I thought like saying Greg Dumas for president. (laughs) America will become a better nation. But I'm so grateful, really, I have found a partner, somebody to partner with in this part of the world to see Jesus glorified. I can tell you, if you were there the first time I came here, you wouldn't have come back for another worship service. (laughs) Because I came to a prayer meeting and... I was waiting for prayer to start, and they were closing in prayer. That was after, you know, you came for an hour for people to pray, and the next thing you hear is, shall we pray in closing? And then I said, when are we going to pray? But today we could come here for an hour and just be in his presence and just glorify Jesus. It means that Jesus has prevailed, and we have stepped backwards. And allow the kingdom to move in. Praise the name of Jesus. I bring greetings from my lovely wife, who has been conspiring with the United States of America. I don't know what you people have been telling her, but she wants to be here. She would have been here, and the lover so much is watching right now. And she thought I wouldn't come. So what she did was she drove me to the airport (laughs) and made sure I got on the plane (laughs) and got up here. So thank you so much. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you tonight for what you have begun doing and what you are about to say and what you are about to do with what you are going to say. I thank you that as your people hear the word, They're going to hear your voice. They're going to hear your heart for them. You give them direction. You give them correction. You build their faith. And the Lord, you will cause the living word to do a new thing in their lives, their families, and the things they do every day. I pray for the United States, oh God, you know that the times that we are in, the things that people are afraid of, the uncertainty that people are 
encountering daily. But I want to say thank you because you are in charge. Now as we turn to this word, oh God, confirm it with signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. I have a word and I just want to share my heart with you. I've been following uh, what God has been saying and doing here at the crossing and following the supernatural series, awesome power, awesome teachings. And man, if you were in church last Sunday, it was powerful. Pastor Hector brought the house down in his teaching on healing. And I was amazed. I listened to that message twice. It was powerful. And I want to build on that teaching uh, tonight on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or the baptism with or the baptism baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 3, verse 11. Then we will go to the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verse 4 there. And then we'll end with Acts 11, verse 15. Allow me to start Matthew 11, Matthew 3, sorry, verse 11. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance... But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, this is John the Baptist, who was called as the forerunner of Christ. He was sent to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus, uh, the Messiah. Now, because of maybe the way he preached I don't know whether he used to scream, he used to preach with a keyboard. I have no idea. So they mistook him for the Christ. And they were waiting for him to say, all right, guys, I am the one you were waiting for. But John tells them, I am not who you think I am. He that you think I am is yet to come. And this is the sign of who he is. I baptize with water. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, if John baptized with water and he was called John the Baptist and Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, then he must be Jesus the Baptist. So we should not have a problem with Baptists speaking in tongues. All right, let's go to the book of Acts before some people walk out of the place on me. <laughs> Acts chapter number 1, verse 4 and 5. You would love tonight. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, Jesus had, you know, he, was, he had been crucified and he rose from the dead. And he was just about to leave. And he is trying to say, you know, some important things to his disciples. And one of the things he emphasized was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus says something interesting here. He says that you have heard from me that John baptized with water, 
in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It means that Jesus had said this before his death. He had told them about the Holy Spirit coming, and his coming was going to give them an experience that was similar to the baptism uh, in water, only that this would be called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were very excited um, about this. And then fast forward, Acts chapter number 11. Acts chapter number 11, verse 15 to 17, just quickly so that we can get to the meat of the night. It says this, Acts 11, And as I began to speak, this is Peter, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God? Now this is many years after Acts chapter number 2. Now in Acts chapter number 1, it was just a promise that the Holy Spirit was going to come in a few days. And then in Acts chapter number 2, the Holy Spirit came. They were gathered in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came, and he filled the whole room and came upon each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had an experience. Uh, each one of them began to speak in other tongues. Uh, uh, we, that's not what I'm going to talk about tonight. But fast forward, the same experience is encountered by a different group of people uh, who were different from the apostles. What I love about this passage is that it says the same way we received in the beginning, the Gentiles also had the same experience. Now, this is the passage of Scripture that changed my life. I grew up as a Baptist young person, and we had our understanding of the Holy Spirit, and we would teach people who were excited about emotionalism, and we would prove to them that they were wrong. Little did we know that we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I grew up. But you see, I began to have a conflict within me. Because every time I read the Bible, I discovered that every passage of Scripture was right where it was when God spoke it. So I would read that passage and I would ask God, say, Lord, why do you give us this passage of Scripture, yet it does not apply to us? Why do you tell us about miracles, yet you cannot perform them? Why are you telling us about the Holy Spirit, yet we cannot experience him? In this passage, the same way you showed up in Acts 2 to the apostles, you showed up to the Gentiles the same way. Are we different from them? And I became so hungry until one day I came across a book by a man called Meotari, like a mighty wind. I was in my, I think, 12th grade, and my principal's wife saw my zeal, and she thought my zeal lacked something. Everybody say power. power. 
great. So she gave me that book, and I began to read it. I read that book in five days. I read it three times. For one simple reason, it was because the people in East Timor, 1967, experienced everything written in the New Testament. They got filled in the Holy Spirit. They began to see the miraculous. They began to see water turned into wine. The dead being raised, cripples walking. They saw every New Testament documented miracle. I thought maybe I was dreaming. So I read the second time, read it the third time. When I read it the third time, I went to sleep. I began to dream that I was speaking in tongues. I woke up, repented. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, I have sinned. Went to sleep, dreamed I was still speaking in other tongues. Then on a Friday, 9 p.m., I went to pray. When I tried to pray the way I prayed, I prayed differently. It was not differently in a bad way. It was differently in a good way. Differently in a powerful way. I prayed and I stood. I went for about two hours and my life was completely changed. I began to see the same things that were in the New Testament. I began to see the same miraculous works. And I believe from that very day, which is going to be our big idea, that the power of the Holy Spirit is the foundation for the advancement of the kingdom. We cannot advance the kingdom without the power of the Holy Spirit. If we begin to hinder the work of the Holy Spirit, we hinder the advancement of the kingdom. The kingdom will not go beyond our lives. The kingdom must go beyond where we are. Acts 1 shows us that when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, you shall receive power and you will become witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. So the absence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a limitation to the believer and the church. The church without the Holy Spirit ends where it is. But the, whole, the church with the Holy Spirit goes where God wants it to go. So you need to know that we need the power of the Holy Spirit, especially in the days we are living in. We're living in very difficult times. We cannot just talk Jesus with just cool words. We need power. We need evidence. Something must back our words. There has to be proof that God has sent us. Because there are so many other powers out there, we need to bring in something greater than what's out there. One time I was preaching in church and I saw a commotion near, you know, behind the church. I saw men holding this young lady and she was overpowering them. She was throwing them around. Why? It is because she was manifesting demons. I don't know whether you people have demons in America, but in Africa we do have demons. The devil is there. Somebody told me the devil is a snake in America and a dragon in Africa. <laughs> And she was overpowering those people, and she was cursing and shouting and screaming. And then she 
pushed everybody aside and began to run towards the pulpit. And as she was coming, I began to hear what she was saying. She was saying, I'm going to kill the pastor. I'm going to beat up that man and I'm going to kill him. And you know where I was preaching from? I was boxed up. There was no outlet, no exit. The exit was right where she was coming from. Thank God for Pastor Greg for the exit somewhere here. I can find my way out and live longer. <laughs> so I stood there and watched her run towards me. And she was cursing and she was advancing. Thank God I'd been a youth pastor for a while. So as a youth pastor, you got to watch what the youths watch. So I'd watched Fantastic Four. That's why I believe that sometimes God watches Fantastic Four because of what happened that night. As she came in, I had this Fantastic Four experience. And I became, you know, the flame. That's what I thought immediately. I began to feel as though I had fire all around me. So instead of running away from the demoniac, I began to run towards her. So she came running, and I was running also towards her. Then halfway, she stopped as though she hit the wall. And she turned and began to run. I said, wow, the predator now has become the prey. I felt like I was surely and truly anointed. I was the one chasing after her. And that night, God spoke to me. It would take power to destroy the kingdom of darkness. If we begin to do ministry without power, Satan will prevail. Satan will be the influence and the church will become a storyteller of what the devil is doing. But when we minister with power, we become storytellers of what God is doing. So the power of the Holy Spirit is the foundation for the advancement of the kingdom. So we see in all these passages uh, consistently, the Bible is telling us that Jesus will baptize us. He will immerse us in power. He will dip us in power. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the immersion of the believer into the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus. Every time you hear the baptism of the Holy Spirit, picture a pool of water and then take out the water and then let the Holy Spirit become the medium of baptism. So Jesus puts you in the Holy Spirit. You become drenched in the Holy Spirit. You are dipped in power. You, be, you begin to contact the power of heaven so that you can live as an effective witness of the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to represent him powerfully. And that is going to be seen in our character and in our works. We are going to be like him in character and like him in his works. So, I believe this according to what we just read, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is given to us today the same way the baptism was given to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Now, many of us don't want to believe that. 
you know, we say, well, brother, uh, you know, it cannot be so. That's how it is. That's how it must be. Because the devil is the same. Sin is the same. Sickness is the same. So he cannot give us a compromised experience different from the initial experience. The same God, the same devil, same sin, same sickness. We need the same cure for all these things. So it is the same. That's why every time I have been given an, uh, an opportunity to pray, whether it's for a dead person, a cripple, I don't have any theological interpretation of how to pray. All I say is, Lord, if you were the one before this thing, you would pray. If you were the one facing this challenge, you would do something. So teach me what I must do now. I will not back down because I know that if you were the one given this challenge, you would do something. So the baptism is the same. Everybody say the baptism is the same. You know, I know somebody looking at the Bible said, did you just say that? <laughs> it's the same for each one of us. So we need the Holy Spirit today just like any other time in history. Because the kingdom of God operates through the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not mere talk, cute stories. It's about the demonstration of the power of God. We need it. We need this because we need to walk in authority and power. Something is questioning what we are doing. Something is saying, who gave you the authority to do what you're about to do? So our ministry on earth needs power to fulfill God's mission and meet the needs of humanity. We have a virus that the world says has no cure. We have a virus that is trying to shut down the church. It's telling us how we should live and how long we ought to be there. I remember the first time when the virus hit my nation and the government said, close the churches because people might be infected. I felt defeated. I said, Lord, where are you in the virus? How possible is it going to be for us to teach on divine healing? Are we ever going to talk about you raising the dead again? Lord, be God today as you've always been God every other time. And I kept on praying. Then I got a call. One of my deacons had a son, nine years of, of age, was born deaf, was born dumb. He's never spoken. He's never heard anything. And they had gone to the hospital the day before, and the hospital told them, listen, there is no remedy for your son. You need to take him to a deaf school, a school for kids with special needs. And he felt defeated. So he goes to sleep in the night. He was as worried as I was. And then he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees himself with me in the office, and we are praying for his son. And we prayed for the son, and the son spoke. So he called me in the morning and said, this is the dream I had. And I knew that God was giving me an opportunity to prove he was still God. Amen. Number one, the doctor said he would never speak. 
Number two, he was nine years old and everybody in the city knew him. His father was a lawyer. His school knew him. He had never spoken before. So I told him, we are going to pray and fast for five days. On the fifth day, I want you to come with him. So on the fifth day, they came to the office with another lady there. And when I was about to pray, the Lord spoke to me, it is already done. Then I said, Lord, thank you that there's no mountain that grows beyond your character. And in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of deafness to go. And then I said, amen, and the deaf child heard and he spoke. And he was healed, immediately healed. And then I knew that the COVID is no match for the God. It is challenging. It's not going to be scientific prediction that would determine the end of this pandemic. It's going to be God who would say, enough is enough. That's what we need to know. So let me go quickly because of the interest of time of the interest of time. Let me just say a few things and we will be, I will be out of your way. First thing that we see in that scripture, the first scripture in Matthew 3, 11, is that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. If you want to be at peace with the baptism talk, don't see the Pentecostals and Charismatics see Jesus. The Bible doesn't say the Pentecostals and the Charismatics will speak in tongues. No, 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 no. It says Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So you must see Jesus working in the church and not people being excited for nothing. So Jesus is the one who baptizes us. And the baptism reveals three things. First thing we see is that the baptism was used as an identity of Jesus. How were we going to know that Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for? We will know him because he is the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John, are you the one? No, I am not. Why do you say so? I baptize with water. The one you're talking about baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So if we want to see the identity of Jesus in the church, we need to embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit. His ministry reveals him. When we allow God to pour out his spirit fully on us, Jesus will be revealed. So the revelation of Jesus is in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It becomes more of him and less of us. That's what John said. He increases, I decrease. So if we resist the baptism, we are going to see ourselves, our experiences, and all other things more than who he is and what he represents. He is Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And you would see this phenomena repeated in all the gospel. He will baptize you. He will baptize you four times. And the fifth time, it is Jesus repeating it that you will be baptized. So say this after me, say, Jesus, Jesus baptize, me baptize me with the Holy Spirit. So that's what you need to see. See Jesus and don't see a denomination. See Jesus, don't see a church. 
see Jesus, don't see a man getting excited. And the, uh, the, 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 the second thing that you see is that it reveals the superiority of Christ, the greatness of Christ. John said, listen, I know among those born of a woman, according to Matthew 11, there's never been one as great as John. All prophets prophesied until John. John was truly great. But his greatness was limited to the baptism in water. All the greatness written about John could not allow him or qualify him to baptize anybody in the Holy Spirit. John says, the one who comes after me is mightier, is greater than I am. What makes him great? It is because he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit brings the greatness, the superiority of Jesus. It exalts or elevates Jesus above all men. So in these last days, we need to see the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we are going to see. So the baptism will bring Christ as the exalted one. And he would cause us to begin to magnify him in these last days. One of the signs of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is magnifying or making Jesus great. In Acts 2.11, we see there, the Bible says, the other people from other places heard the disciples in the upper room magnifying the wonderful works of God. So the baptism will exalt Jesus. And I'm praying that Jesus will be exalted in America. Jesus will be exalted in the church. Jesus will be exalted in the streets. It's the baptism that comes and sizes everything around us. That's why I told you a story when witches wrote to me that they were going to kill me, kill my children, kill my whole family because I had done ministry to a girl they had abducted and I did deliverance on her, rescued her, and kept her in my house. So they called me and told me they were going to kill me and kill my children. I was excited. <laughs> I wasn't scared. I was excited. Woke up in the morning after being told they were going to kill me. Woke up, jumped in my car, drove to a pizza shop. And I ordered a large size triple decker pizza, triple cheese, and everything triple, triple. And I opened Psalm 23. And I said, Lord, thou prepares a table for me in the camp of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And I began to devour the pizza. <laughs> the next thing I was getting where God was judging the witches. They were dropping dead. Not a fabricated experience, but a true experience that happened. The baptism exalts Jesus. Men and brethren, let me tell you, Jesus is greater than every person you know and everything else you know. We will never understand his greatness unless we allow the Holy Spirit to come and open our eyes and show us that Jesus is greater.
So he is the great one. And the third thing that I spoke about is the Holy Spirit's baptism or the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a promise or was going to come to everybody. He was for everyone. Remember, Jesus is talking to all these people. He's not talking to the 12. He's talking to the multitude. I mean, that's uh, John. He's telling them that, you see, he will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So you need to believe right now that the baptism is for you, for you and your children, and as many as the Lord will bring into the kingdom. So it is a promise that you need to covet. Acts 2.38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, including my city, as many as the Lord our God will call. So as long as God is calling people, it means there is an opportunity for them to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that is something you must lock in. Let's go to the last part of this. Let me say something about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Like I said early on, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the clothing of power. The clothing of the believer with power from on high. It's the coming of kingdom power, kingdom enablement over your life. I know some of us have been equipped by Red Bull, <laughs> caffeine and tea and sugar and some American burgers and all other things. But that is just for a moment. We need an equipping. We need to be dipped in power that would take us for a longer time. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when he comes. And when this has happened, there could be signs, there could be no signs. Some signs may mean, you know, the speaking in tongues, uh, which people don't want to hear, so I won't talk much about that. But when the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, Acts 2, they spoke in tongues. But also, they prophesied. That's what the Bible said. They prophesied, and they began to worship or praise God differently. And then they preached the word to the lost differently or with power. Those were some of the signs of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm going to deal with tonight as I begin to wind up is that the baptism or the coming of the Holy Spirit is there to bring the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to bring the reality of Christ. He begins to manifest Christ to us in convincing ways. He brings Christ as the living one. He testifies that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. Jesus does what the Bible says he does. I was in Texas and I was invited for lunch to a house you did I know that the, the, the husband of the house was an atheist, a Jamaican atheist. So when I got there and, you know, we began to talk about Jesus, he stopped me. He told me, listen, Jesus is just any other person like anybody else. His stories are only important because they are the only documented story. 
You can have your own story just like Jesus. And I watched him. And I was getting angry. Because he was downplaying my Jesus. I know how powerful and how real he was. So as, I was, as he was talking, the wife finally began to talk about a problem that she had. And they had gone to hospitals and so forth. So I said, all right, shall we pray? When I said, in the name of Jesus, she fell off the chair and began to manifest demons. And I cast out the devils and she instantly got healed. Now, listen to what happened. As all this drama was happening, the man was acting as though he wanted to run through the wall. He was scared because the wife was groaning and making noise like an animal. And she was shaking all over, you know, kicking stuff around. And he didn't know what to do. And I wasn't doing anything spooky. All I was saying was, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And she saw the name of Jesus deliver the wife. Then I turned to him. (laughs) And I said, do you believe in Jesus? Now, listen, that's the question I asked him. It was simple. Do you believe in Jesus? And his answer was exciting. He said, yes, and I want to be a preacher. So we need the evidence that Jesus is real. There are people that will not take it because it is written unless they see it fulfilled. That's what is going to happen. So the Holy Spirit becomes a witness. So but when the Bible says this is John 15, uh, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you will and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit will just give evidence that Jesus is whom he says he is. And that is why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. So when he is bearing witness, he does it in two ways. The first is that he is, you know, he bears witness before the Father. He bears witness before the Father. And secondly, he bears witness before the world. Our witness before the Father is, is, is as follows. The Holy Spirit testifies to us about who we are before God. He convinces us that we are God's beloved children. So when we stand before God, the Holy Spirit is there to testify to us that we are his beloved children. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, the Bible says John heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son. Some of us need to be convinced that God loves us. Despite our flaws, regardless of what we have done of what the world or what the world has said, let me tell you, Jesus loves you. You are his favorite daughter. He knows you by name. And the Holy Spirit is there to testify before you that if you speak to the Father right now, the Father will listen to you. The Father will hear you. He will do as you request. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. When you are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit is there to tell you that, listen, who Jesus is before the Father, that's what you are. The Father sees you exactly as he sees Jesus. You are invited as God's favorite child, not based on what you have done, but based on what Jesus did. Listen, I don't know what the devil has said, but I know what the Bible says. God loves you so much that he was willing to give up Jesus to just find you. So you see that the Holy Spirit, other than just doing that, he also teaches us how to speak to the Father. We know not how we ought to speak to the Father, but the Holy Spirit teaches us how we are supposed to talk to him. For we do not know, that's Romans 8, like why the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts, uh, who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We do not know how we ought to talk to the Father. So the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes us and begins to teach us how to speak to the Father. He gives us a language. And I'm praying that the Lord will do that tonight. He will give you a special language to speak to the Father. Let me skip because I think time is running out. Our witness before the, I mean, on behalf of the Father to the world. God wants us to represent him in the world effectively. He has called us to be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. That's always my burden. My prayer, the burden I carry, is that every believer will be an effective minister. That where I cannot be, where they are, let God do with them what he'll do with me if I was there. So let me tell you, I tell people, who, I, mean, I know you don't like this, but I'm going to tell you. It does not take Oscar Mumba to come to, Afri to come to America or leave Africa to come to America for people to be healed. The same God who is with Oscar Mumba in Africa is the same God who is with you where you are. He wants to turn you into an effective minister of the gospel. Whether you are a musician, whether you are a counselor, God wants you to be an effective minister. A minister of power, a carrier of kingdom power. I love to use real life experiences. I used to be in a worship team. I used to play the keyboard. This Sunday morning, I sat on my keyboard and I was playing, I was playing notes there. And immediately, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. And I began to hear a person behind me calling out chords. He was telling me, you know, play C, play a D minor, play F, begin to play E minor, D, you know, you mean G, and so forth. He kept on telling me to play notes. 
and I played them, the next thing I heard was a woman falling down in the church, some commotion, and somebody crying, and people rushed out to pick her up, and the next thing I heard was, I am healed. Now, this is what was happening. As I was playing those chords, hearing somebody calling them out, the woman who was a visitor in the church was hearing from the keyboard, I am the Lord that heals you. I was hearing C, D minor, F, G, E minor, and so forth. But the woman was hearing, I am the Lord that heals you. And that's how she got healed. Effective witness. May the Holy Spirit empower us to bear witness to the reality of the kingdom of God. For with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me conclude by saying this to you. The kingdom of God is not in word. The kingdom of God operates by power. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, the church is irrelevant. We need to bring back the power of the Holy Spirit and make a difference. Because the same baptism that came upon Peter is the same baptism that has come upon us. The same baptism that was on Paul is the same baptism that we carry. We cannot be talking stories. We cannot be using t-shirts and wristbands. We need to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that the same baptism that came on in Acts 2 is the same baptism that we are going to experience tonight. And the effect of that baptism must be the same. We must preach the word with power. When we begin to preach, sinners must begin to feel as though a sword is cutting their hearts. That people who are doing all kinds of things in America must begin to feel a conviction. They must begin to feel that there's someone who does not accept what I do. The gospel must be power and not stories. It must be accompanied by what sustains the kingdom. And I know that tonight the Lord will commission us to take this gospel in a powerful way. When the baptism came upon them, they began to cast out demons. It means that this must accompany the church. It must be a norm. It must be ordinary. It's not supposed to be something that, you know, makes us puffed up. It must be something that makes us know that God is with us. He is in our midst. The healing of the sick must be an ordinary experience. The manifestation of various signs and wonders, miracles, must be a common phenomena in our midst. The manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit must be common. And I pray again, the preaching of the word must be different. We must begin to preach the word with power. Devils must begin to scream when they enter this place. We must begin to see the sick throwing crutches. We must begin to see all kinds of sicknesses being healed. Cancer being healed. 
I'm talking about what the hospital says it cannot be done. The Lord Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, must be the answer when people come to church. Why? It is because we are endued with power. Power is the rate at which results are being produced. We cannot claim power where there is nothing to show. And I know for sure we are in for it. It's not going to be a superstar revival where we're going to see a Reinhard Bonnke, T.L. Osborne, and anybody else. It's going to be a body of Christ movement because the Holy Spirit comes upon every one of us and everyone is a witness. It means that our witness before God must be powerful. When we begin to pray, it must be as though the Father is hearing Jesus talking to him. When we begin to pray, the enemy must begin to think or sense as though Jesus himself is talking to the Father. Why? It is because the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. He is the one presenting our prayers before the Father. The Father perfectly hears us speak to him as he expects us to speak to him. And when we go out into the world, the Lord must confirm our preaching. The Lord must confirm our ministry with kingdom power. And I know this is the next phase of the church. It's going to be the last phase of the church. What will change the world is not going to be a doctrine. It's going to be the confirmation of the word of the Lord. It's going to be what makes the world know that Jesus is who he says he is. I got the most amazing and I was even suspicious when I got the invitation. It came from the Baptist Convention of Zambia. I said, excuse me, do you know who you're asking to come to your church? <laughs> Let me tell you why they invited me. The Zambian Baptist Convention became sick and tired of preaching the gospel without evidence that they were telling the truth. So they began to pray. They began to fast. As they began to pray and fast, the Holy Spirit began to move in their midst. They began to speak in tongues. So they didn't know what that was. They didn't know how to steward it. So they asked me to come. I told them, well, there's a problem. They said, what's the problem? I said, well, when I preach this word, God confirms it with signs. They said, no, please come along. And I went there on a Sunday service in a Baptist church. And I was a good man, wore my suit and tie. I didn't want to offend anybody by the way I looked or the way I spoke. So I made sure I went and, you know, checked on John MacArthur and what he says about the Holy Spirit for the sake of peace in the kingdom of God. But I knew for sure that whether it was John MacArthur or C.S. Sproul talking about the Holy Spirit, if it's the word of the Lord, God will confirm it with signs. And I told them about the Holy Spirit. As I spoke, the chief elder fell off the chair and began to speak in tongues. The next person was the pastor's wife. 
I wasn't screaming. I was telling them about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The next thing was the entire worship team. And I stood there and I was looking, to, looking at the pastor and justifying myself for the sake of peace. I said, I have nothing to do with what you're seeing here. You know, the pastor told me after the service that, brother, you shouldn't have struggled. I also speak in tongues. And then he told me, from the time we allowed the Holy Spirit to come, we have seen more people saved. We have seen more people come to church. We have seen people healed. We have seen demons manifest in our meetings. And everybody knows we are around. What is going to make the world know that we are here is not a billboard. It is what God is doing in our midst. When they begin to hear that cancer is being healed, that addicts are being delivered, they're going to be here. The government will call you and say, listen, we don't know what to do with, you know, the rate of drug addiction in Chicago. Can you go there? Can you help us? We've heard that when people come, they are radically changed when they come in your midst. Brothers and sisters, the same way they receive the baptism, we are going to receive the baptism. I want you to close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, you say in your word, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. This includes every person in this room. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Men and women of power are few. Lord, what you desire are faithful witnesses of the gospel. We come to repent for setting aside the ministry of Christ to advance our formulas. I ask you tonight, come upon this service just as you did on the day of Pentecost. Father, teach us how to speak to you and teach us how to speak to the world how to take Jesus to the world in a powerful way. Tonight is going to be really powerful. Let me tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you so that God can work through you. God is in a hurry to save souls. God is in a hurry to win the world. God is in a hurry to change generations. You are in his agenda. You are, you are the one that he wants to use. If the baptism brings healing, we are going to see healing tonight. The baptism brings deliverance, we'll see deliverance tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. Father, in this room are hungry men and women. They're tired of telling stories. They want to see the reality of Jesus. I exalt you over this house tonight. I exalt you above all things 
that have elevated themselves above the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are greater than what oppresses. You are mightier than what generates fear. I ask that the Holy Spirit will come. Boldness will come. And Lord, let there be a confirmation that you are calling the church to a powerful ministry. I wonder with every eye closed, tell you I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And this will be the only prayer that I'm going to offer. This morning when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me, the Son, the last days are upon the earth. And the harvest is plentiful. And he told me, I want you to focus on raising laborers, workers of the kingdom, men and women who will be commissioned by the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the reality of Jesus. And I heard the Lord tell me that you will see authentic signs return to the church. That there have been moves that have been sponsored by men that elevated men. But there is coming a move that will exalt Jesus. That every time people come in the presence of God, they will see Jesus elevated. And tonight God will demonstrate that. You're telling me, Pastor Mumba, I think the days of religion are over. For me, I have been silent for a long time. I need the endowment of power. I need the baptism of power. I need the commissioning of the Lord. I need to become a better witness of the gospel. Not the miracles, but I want to be something that God can use to show someone that Jesus loves them. I don't know how he's going to do it. However way he wants to do it, let him do it. I am here, O oh God, send me. And may I say this to anybody that is in this service and you are challenged by an affliction, a sickness, a disease. Hear me well. Jesus is greater than what you are going through. And the sign of his greatness, one of the signs of his greatness is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the church. That is a sign of his greatness. If you are saying, I want to be among the laborers for effective witness, if you feel like standing, I want you to stand and I'll pray.
The Holy Spirit is already here. He has been here right from the beginning of the service. He is asking you, would you let me in? Will you let me take over your life? Will you allow me to single you out of the, of the cloud, the crowd rather, and begin to use you as the Father requires you to operate in the kingdom? And these things will happen. He's going to fill you in a new way and he'll give you gifts relevant to the assignment he has given you. I sense a new move, a, a new direction of the Holy Spirit up, upon the pastors that are in this service. The Lord is calling you to a new season in your walk, in your calling. You've been in a season where you have been feeding on the word, meditating on the word. The Lord is saying, son, I am calling you to the reality of what you know. I want you to test and see that I am the Lord. He is present today as he was when he was raising Lazarus before the grave. Opening the eyes of Bartimaeus, raising Jairus' daughter. He is present today as he was in Luke 10 and Mark 9, Matthew 10, when he breathed over the disciples and says, Go. He delegated them to go and demonstrate the kingdom. And this is what tonight is all about the commissioning. Of effective witnesses. Father, in this room, I pray now that you would anoint hungry people. The Lord, we step aside tonight. We have been doing it our way instead of your way. I ask the Lord you begin to raise people tonight. Anoint people as kingdom witnesses. The Lord is picking on you. The Lord is singling you out. The Lord is coming up on you with great power. The Lord is raising you up as evidence that he is present in the world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray across this room that the baptism of the Holy Spirit will become evident. However way you want to manifest the coming of the Holy Spirit, have your own way. Confirm this word with signs in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are oppressed with sickness, that they be healed right now. We command every kind of sickness to be healed. We command every kind of oppression to be healed. Holy Spirit, begin to move as you normally do, as you always move. In the name of Jesus, let Jesus be exalted above all challenges.
Let Jesus be superior above all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit begin to overwhelm, begin to, oh God, immense people in power. In the name of Jesus, every limitation be broken, be removed, fear, confusion. In the name of Jesus, be removed. Holy Spirit in this room, begin to do what only you can do. Begin to change men and women to men that God has been prepared for the end time harvest. As you came upon Saul and he was turned into another man. Father, let there be a transformation. Lord, the fearful, let them become bold, as bold as a lion. I pray in the name of Jesus that the last shall become the first. That you will lift the church or oh God, like a city on a hill. Let, O oh God, your witnesses arise in this room and let them begin to testify to the resurrection of Christ with great power. So I want you to begin to pray for yourself now and begin to tell the Lord, I am here. Use me, O oh God. Use me. Send me where you want me to go. The Lord, my body is yours, my mind is yours, my lips are yours, my hands, every part of me, I give to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you the worship. None can compare with you. None can do the things that you do in the mighty name of Jesus. The same yesterday, today and forevermore. Jesus, show yourself strong. We hope you enjoyed this special first Wednesday message. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. And you can also download our app where all of our on-demand messages are posted. Find new events and more. Go to wearecrossing.com and select iPhone or Android. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to worship with you next weekend.